Affordable housing is a basic human right, and to build a better Kentucky where all our people can thrive, safe and reliable housing is absolutely essential. I wanted to be better and meet those goals, and it wouldn't have been possible without Kentucky housing. Knowing that I had a roof over my head, um, food to eat, knowing that I didn't have to want for anything, um, that's a that's a big plus. Being a single parent and not having to worry about um, you know housing, uh, paying bills while you know being in school. But I am here to tell you that there is a lot of beauty in this part of the county. Bringing it home with KHC. Welcome back to another edition of Bringing It Home with KHC. I am Steve Morrow, your host, and we are joined today by Shay Raybould the Continuum of Care Planning and Technical Administrator here at KHC, and Beverly Isom, Supportive Services Director at KCEOC in Knox County. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Today we are going to have a conversation about the K-Count, or the point-in-time count, which happens every year at the end of January. But before we get into it, let's go ahead and start with some introductions. Would you mind introducing yourselves and saying a bit about what it is that you do? Sure. I'm Shay Raybold, uh, Continuum of Care Planning and Technical Administrator with Kentucky Housing Corporation. And in that role, I help oversee um, what is called the Kentucky Balance of State Continuum of Care. And that is a planning body that helps oversee various funding sources from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, namely the Continuum of Care Program which primarily funds housing programs and supportive services for people experiencing homelessness. But one of the requirements of a COC is to conduct conduct an annual point-in-time count, or K-count, which we'll be talking about here shortly. But that's part of my role is to help oversee the K-count and the annual competition for the COC program, which helps provide funding for um, the Balance of State Continuum of Care. Um, I am the Supportive Services Director here at KCEOC, and my job is basically I supervise the Continuum of Care program, the case managers um, that go out in the field and case manage our clients. I supervise that program, kind of go in detail with them and meet about their clients. Um, I also am the Certified HUD Housing Counselor here at KCEOC, so I do all of our pre-purchase and post-purchase and uh, delinquency and rental and homelessness counseling. Um, and I just work a variety of different programs. I, I'm over the K-Count here. I, you know, I supervise the K-Count or um, so I just kind of put it all together. Thanks, Shay, and thanks, Beverly. Today we want to talk about the K-Count, which is a point-in-time count of persons experiencing homelessness on a single night in Kentucky. This year, that night is January 31st. Um, But that is a very simple definition, and I know there is a lot more to it. So let's start at the beginning and just ask, what is the K-Count, and why does HUD require that it be done every year? It helps us get a snapshot of people that um, are experiencing a, a very specific subset of homelessness, and that includes people who are considered literally homeless. And those are people who are sleeping outside, or in other places not meant for regular human habitation, such as in their cars or abandoned buildings, as well as people who are staying in emergency shelters 
and certain transitional housing programs that are specifically designed for people experiencing homelessness. And one of the reasons why the K-Count is so important is because it's um, basically the one coordinated opportunity nationally to be able to collect data on people experiencing both unsheltered homelessness and sheltered homelessness. And sheltered homelessness in this context is talking about people who are in emergency shelters and transitional housing projects. Um, there's very little funding for street outreach opportunities across the country and specifically in Kentucky as well. And therefore, you don't have people in all communities regularly going out and collecting data on people experiencing unsheltered homelessness. The K-Count is an opportunity to do that. Another thing is, while we do have several emergency shelters that do receive funding through HUD that's passed through KHC, um, not all shelters in the balance of state or in Kentucky, in and across the country, really, the majority of shelters probably do not receive any funding from the government. And therefore, they're not required to be collecting any data on a regular basis. And so what the K-Count allows us to do is get information from people who are unsheltered and shelters that aren't already providing information to us through regular means as a requirement of a grant agreement. HUD uses the information each year um, to, to help inform um, them on the number of people experiencing a very specific subset of homelessness, which I'll explain in just a moment. But they also use the data to provide um, a re annual report to Congress, which Congress requires each year. So there's a lot of requirements um, as part of the point in time count. And I'm, we'll go ahead and say that I may use the terms interchangeably. Um, today, K count and point in time count or PIT is the acronym. Nationally, it's referred to as the point in time count or the PIT. And for the Kentucky balance of state um, COC, we refer to it as the uh, the K count. Shay, you made the point that there's not a lot of funding for street outreach, so there's not always a lot of boots on the ground collecting information. Um, so I imagine that translates to the night of the K count as well, where there just isn't a lot of funding to pay staff members to go out there. So who is actually going out into the communities and doing the census on January 31st? So I'll talk about it from um, just overall, and then Beverly, if you want to be more specific about kind of your example in Knox County, but um, it's a mixture of paid staff from agencies that receive funding um, from HUD or other sources to um, other federal sources. Um, as well as community volunteers. And community volunteers could be um, just a citizen that's interested, or it could be community partners such as health departments or other health um, care providers. Um, sometimes police departments and public safety can be involved, but it's really truly a community effort. And there's no one county is exactly the same in terms of who's going out meaning some counties are all, you know, um, 
funded organizations. Some counties have a good mix of um, partners from other organizations, and then some also have um, just interested community volunteers. It's, it's basically like she just explained, but what we do in Knox County, we will begin, um, we've already, we've already began our, our recruiting. So we go around to all of our uh, service provider partners in our, in our county, because we only count for Knox County. Uh, so we will meet with our health departments, our local hospitals, our police departments. Um, we get the word out. We announce it on social media. We hang flyers up. And we leave our numbers, and that way we can we can be called to try to count people. We can come to that location. We kind of give everybody a really quick training on what K County is. Um, and luckily, since we're a rural area, we know a lot of our uh, volunteers personally. A lot of people at our health departments and hospitals, the emergency rooms where people may go in and you know take shelter at night when it's the coldest. Um, so we, it's basically just a community effort. We just have everyone partner, but we do have paid staff, also volunteers. Um, we have colleges, local colleges that will have their social work programs volunteer to go out with us that day, you know, and cover a broader area. Um, so that's, that's basically how we do it here in Knox County. And it is a wide area to cover. As you mentioned, Knox County being rural, we have 120 counties here in Kentucky, and many of those areas are rural. Does that present certain challenges on the night of the census in trying to cover so much ground in little time? And, and is the goal to count every person experiencing homelessness, or is it just to get an idea? Is there a certain amount of sampling that takes place because it's just understood that we wouldn't be able to count everyone? Well, I, I know that it's rural area, but I don't think that that would be possible on one night, no matter what area that you were trying to count. And and I think like Shay referred to it as being a snapshot, that's that's just kind of a, like you said, an example. We want to go out and we want to go into the areas that are well known for the homeless you know population to hang out at in our counties. Um, so our case managers are kind of on the job all year, and we just take that all that information and then we ask for referrals from the um like county partners, uh, local health departments, police departments, just, you know, different types of partners and resources in the community. And then we um, just follow those leads for that one day. Um, I mean, until recently, then we kind of have an extension, but we still have to know that they slept outside on January the 31st, the night of January 31st. Um, but I think it would be impossible to capture the actual complete number of homeless individuals in a county on one one single night. So, um, we just try to do the best we can, actually. We're not going to be able to capture the full amount, but it, it is an example. It's a snapshot of what it would look like on any given night. To kind of follow up on what Beverly is saying, basically the way the K-Count works is um, community volunteers and service providers where they are available, so homeless service providers, are responsible for conducting the count in their communities. And there are some counties out of the 120 across Kentucky that we typically do not have volunteers or service providers that are able to go do the count. Um, That happens from time to time. And we try our best to get people uh, to volunteer where they can. Uh, But the reality is it's just not possible every time. But that the reason why that's important is it allows us to have conversations with communities when they come back and say, 
Well, we actually do have people experiencing homelessness, and um, then we're able to encourage them to participate in the K-Count the following year. And so we've been able to uh, recruit some additional people to participate. By publishing the information for the K-Count each year, they're able to become aware of it where they may not have been in, in years past. And then there's also communities that truly say, we don't have people experiencing homelessness in our community. And whether or not that is the truth, it's probably unlikely from time to time, but they just might not be visible always. One of the things um, that's important to know about the K-Count and the point-in-time count nationally as well, there's um, a specific methodology that is required to be used. And it's not, the K-Count is not just a head count where you go out and look for people. And if you see someone, you count them as homeless. You actually are supposed to be interviewing them, uh, having a conversation with them and asking them a series of questions um, to confirm that they are experiencing homelessness and then to gather various pieces of information, such as their demographics, but also how long they've been homeless and whether or not they're a veteran and lots of other data points. Um, but the reason that's important to know is, is it's not just arbitrarily going out and counting people without talking to them. Having said that, in limited circumstances, we do allow what's called the observation method, which is if someone is not um, willing to participate or if they're sleeping, we um, train our uh, counters not to wake people up. Um, but rather to use the observation method, which is um, limited in scope and what it can count, which is basically just that someone is assumed to be experiencing homelessness plus um, some other demographic information if, if they're known to the person counting. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because if someone does refuse to participate, which doesn't happen often, but if they do, there's still a method to include that person in the count. But the majority of survey surveys that are submitted are the one-on-one -on -one interviews. And in terms of doing this survey, I know that we used to use paper surveys, and now we've transitioned into uh, an app that's called Counting Us. So how has that process been? Has it made the K-Count any easier for KCEOC? Um, personally, we used to use the, the paper, <laughs> and um, we have uh, amazing results with the Counting Us app because when you generally walk up to a group or an encampment and you're bringing um, clipboards with papers and you're coming in an official vehicle and, you know, it kind of, it kind of scares them a little. Um, they don't really want to offer up their information, but if you're coming in, you look kind of more harmless if you're carrying your phone and you just say, you know, Hey, you introduce yourself and this is what we're doing. This is what we can provide to you. We can bring these resources back. We have some, actually with us because we also take out some um, hygiene items, blankets. Uh, we have all kinds of donations piling up here and that we take out food. Um, we give away a lot of stuff on that day and, you know, and that kind of gains trust as well. But with the technology, the Counting Us app is a lot less complicated um, and you can actually move on a little bit quicker. So you can, you can cover more area because uh, like you said, it's a rural area. There's a lot of it's a huge county to cover when you're looking at the, the, the wooded areas, the encampments, the bridges, the, the, the roads. I mean, we call them hollows, haulers. You go up those haulers, you can, you know, drive for 
20 miles up a road and find two cars in, you know, at the end of it with 10 homeless people in, in the, in the vehicle. So it gives us more time. It saves on the time and the paperwork and it, it's less scary, less intimidating for the, the actual individuals. Let's turn to the numbers for a second. So to explain the K count here in Kentucky, we basically have three counts that are going on and then we add them all together to get the point in time count for the entire state. We have the balance of state continuum of care, and that's 118 counties. We have Fayette County doing their own and Jefferson County doing their own. So, so last year, the balance of state continuum of care was 2,346. Fayette was 815 and Jefferson was 1,605. That all adds up to 4,766. So we have all these numbers, we get these numbers every year, but these are just the totals. There's a lot more information that comes out of these surveys. When we drill down, what does the data tell us? Kind of two things are happening at the same time. Looking back at data from 2018, 6% of those identified as homeless as part of the K count were experiencing chronic homelessness, 6%. And in 2023, that was 13%. So you've got two things happening at the same time. You've got two kind of two realities going on. You've got the reality that the majority of people are not experiencing chronic homelessness. And the reason that matters, and it's just not, it's not just a one year thing. That's for many years is what that means is that we continually have people entering homelessness. And we know that um, while there are many, many causes the lack of affordable housing is a major driver of that. Um, Yet at the same time, we have people, a higher percentage of those that have been identified during the K count, a higher percentage of those are experiencing chronic homelessness. So some people are experiencing homelessness longer than they have in the past. Um, so you've kind of got two realities going on at the same time. And those are typically people who have, um, higher levels of need, more, um, co-occurring, um, issues such as, um, mental health or substance use disorders, as well as the lack of affordable housing compounding that. So it's, it's kind of a, you got to come at it from various angles. And is there anything beyond the numbers, beyond the data that we learn by going out there in the community and doing this census every year? Um, Yes. Um, Actually, we take that knowledge. We learn something new every single time we do this K-Count. We we learn um, kind of what what their homelessness was caused by. You will get that information from them. Uh, You'll learn what their needs are and, and reasonings and needs and things like that. They change from year to year, from year to year. Um, You know, we just recently had a huge rise in our youth homelessness population here in the last, what, five years, Shay? (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, before then, we didn't really think about our youth population. We would see one or two during our our homeless count, our K count. And now we're seeing, you know, maybe what, 40% of those people are going to be youth age, uh, 18 through 24. Um, so you, you learn more about the areas they're going to stay in. You learn more about what is causing them to be homeless and to stay homeless, uh, like affordable housing. You find some areas that you can 
bring up to your you know local resources and your agencies can try to find funding for those reasonings to try to get these people into housing. Um, so I think it's very important to actually go out on that night and you, you learn so much about what can we do to get these people housed. And then you also have a new client base that you didn't have coming into your office for an entire year. And you get to try to house ever how many people you find that night. You get to go back out and work with those people and realize that we need to do more outreach throughout the year. And we were just, you know, awarded a, a funding for an outreach program, a street outreach program here in Knox County. And we're going to be, cover well, actually for KCELC, and we're going to be covering eight counties. Um, and we do have a homeless outreach person now who will be going out and doing a K count basically all year. She'll be going out to find these people all year long. And that's a good point. And maybe you could talk about this more is, I mean, I, like the K count is that point in time count snapshot one night, but you're, you're working with this population throughout the year. What does the K count provide that those regular interactions don't, if anything? Most of the regular interactions throughout the year are people who are referred to us or, um, that call in themselves because they just know about our services. These are people that we are locating during the K count um, that most of the time don't know anything about our services. They are uh, people we've never heard their names. We've not dealt with uh, a lot of these people because one of our clients that we are working with now that we've picked up throughout the year may lead us to 30 more people on the night of the K count. And then we can reach out to these people who knew nothing about our services. Um, because they can tell us a location, you know, hey, I used to stay in this part of the mountain area or under this bridge or up this road. And I would advise you guys to go out there and look, there may be more people. So it kind of gives us the insight to find new clients to see ways that we can help them to become housed and stable like our current clients. Um, so it's a big resource to, uh, it's a big difference working with someone throughout the year and then finding people that are off the grid that we knew nothing about. Well, earlier you mentioned an increase in youth homelessness. Do we have any idea about why that is happening? I don't really know if it's on the rise or if it's just that it was never acknowledged. But I don't think that we paid attention to our youth homeless um, problem in this area until, um, like I said, maybe five, six years ago. And then we started noticing that we have actual youth that are suffering in the same way that our older adults are. And we try to come in now and, and and work with them from 18 to 24 so that they're not ending up in our shelters when they're 32, 46, 80 years old. Um, we currently have some 80-year-olds in our shelter. And, you know, we're trying to prevent that with our youth population and break the cycle. But the reasonings are, you know, you have your, you have your substance abuse at home. You have parents who have, you know, given their children, you know, abandoned their children and they're with grandparents. Grandparents can't afford afford the burden and, and I hate to call it a burden, but you know, they can't afford it. And so as soon as the, you know, the child turns 18, it's like, you know, you got to go or the parents who are abusing that child basically and keeping that child in their home until they turn 18 because they're drawing some type of assistance from that child. And when they turn 18, we've, you know, we've seen people turn 18 and the day after they're, they're homeless, they're coming to our crisis center saying I've been kicked out. Um, or, you know, they lose the, they lose their money, the assistance that they're receiving for that child when they turn 18 or when they graduate high school and just multiple reasons. 
Yeah. And, and Beverly, I think is right. One of the things is not necessarily that we've seen an increase in youth experiencing homelessness. I think rather it is we're doing a better job of collecting the data and being aware of, of people who are experiencing homelessness, who are in that 18 to 24 year range, um, or even younger. But what I, I believe is, in addition to what Beverly is saying, important to know is um, regardless of age, because we're seeing this with our youth as well as other populations, at the end of the day, um, homelessness is a housing problem and lack of affordable housing is the, is the primary issue. And, and we're seeing that in the, the data that's re, um, self-reported as part of the K count, one of the questions we ask is the reason why someone is experiencing homelessness in their own um, words and lack of, of housing that they can rent or afford is the primary cause typically. Um, and that is across age groups. There are other reasons, of course, um, that, that people do list from time to time. Um, but the reality is the majority of folks just can't afford housing. And that's because either the housing doesn't exist at all in a community or the housing that does exist is, is just not affordable. No, we're seeing some of our clients are, you know, they're bringing home, their bring home pay is seven, $800 a month. And the, the current rent here in Knox County alone, a two bedroom, six seventy five a month, seven twenty five a month. I mean, affordable housing is the biggest obstacle that's in the way that's, you know, preventing them from keeping housing. And I think, um, Steve, I'll just jump in here. I'm inspired at the moment to talk a little bit more about kind of some of the data we're seeing um, from the K-Count. A lot of times people make assumptions that people are homeless because they have substance use disorders or mental health conditions or um, things like that that might prevent them from being able to to work. And while that is the case for many people, um, what we have seen for many years in our data is that the vast majority of people who are identified as part of our K-count um, do not fall into the category of what is considered chronically homeless. And that, there's a technical term for that from HUD. Chronic homelessness has to do with how long you've been homeless, so um, more than a year, and um, whether or not you have disabilities. And in the 2023 K-count, 13%, only 13% of those that were identified in the Kentucky balance of state um, were considered chronically homeless. And that is compared to about the same percentage in both 2022 um, and 2020. I'm skipping over 2021 because we did not do a full K count that year because of the pandemic. Um, but my, my point in this context here at this moment is to simply say, um, that the majority of people who are have been identified for the past several years as part of the K count, um, in fact, for as far back as 2018, which are just some of the numbers I went back and looked at, the vast majority of people 
are not chronically homeless. And the majority of folks in recent years, when we've asked the question, have listed um, lack of affordable housing or inability to afford the housing that is available as the primary cause of their homelessness. Well, Beverly and Shay, thanks so much for joining us today. Before we go, is there anything either of you want to add that we didn't have a chance to touch on? One of the valuable things about the K-Count is looking at trends. And um, over, you know, since between 2023 and 2018, which is data that I just happened to look at today, um, you see the numbers of people experiencing homelessness in uh, the balance of state between 2000 and 2300. Um, I'm, I'm giving rough numbers there. But each year it's somewhere in that ballpark. Um, it has increased several hundred since 2018. Um, but overall, you're seeing fairly consistent numbers with, again, the majority of those folks not chronically homeless. So people are coming in and out of homelessness. Um, but the reason I bring that up is, is you can look at the numbers back several years and see that there's not necessarily wild fluctuations um, across the balance of state, but you can see where you're making progress and where there's areas where improvement is still needed. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Bringing It Home with KHC. If you would like to learn more about the corporation, you can visit kyhousing.org. And if you would like to hear other episodes in this Bringing It Home podcast series, you can visit bringingithomeky.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.